Hello everyone and welcome back to The Word at Work. Thank you so much for joining us once more. Uh, today we are with Sean Savides. Sean has been with us uh, a couple of episodes ago uh, where we had a conversation about anger. But today Sean is with us to talk about the emotion of shame. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. It's uh, good okay. to have you with us again. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me and um, always, a, always a pleasure to come out this way. Good, good. Well, uh, Sean, let's start talking about the emotion of shame. Tell us a little bit about, to get started, what is this emotion? Maybe some of us might associate with it intuitively, but let's try and put some words to it. Cool, thank you. Um, Scotty, I think it's a, it's a deep sense of feeling unacceptable um, for either something you've done, uh, sometimes something that you're associated with, whether you did it yourself or not, you can, you can feel shame from that. And, and sometimes actually from something that's been done to you. Um, so potentially sin you do, or sometimes sin that's been done against you. Those are, those are some of the things that make us feel that deep sense of being unacceptable, being unworthy, um, or words that kind of we associate with shame. And that's a pretty common human experience. So when we, when we think about shame, um, we were speaking earlier that the Bible uh, often uses three um, ways of describing it. So just talk us through what those three things are so yeah. we know what we're looking for. Thanks, Scotty. Um, yeah, what's fascinating is once you, once you see it, it's almost hard to unsee it. It's there in the pages of Scripture. The, the, when the Bible's looking and thinking around shame, you, you often have the idea of being, of being unclean. Uh, you think of Leviticus and you think of um, uh, being unclean and therefore shame upon you for being unclean. Um, it's being outcast or, or, or sent away. I often think of the, um, the, the scapegoat upon whose head the sin of Israel was cast, and, and, and he was cast out, he was, he was sent out. Um, so, um, and then the third one is, 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 is being naked, is being, is being vulnerable and naked. And, and, and those themes, if you like, those ways of understanding shame uh, reoccur throughout the pages of Scripture. And I find that a personally a very helpful thing to understand um, shame. So as we were preparing for this, um, I, I came across a question which mm. said, um, if you want to know if shame is something that is part of your experience at the moment, ask yourself, uh, am I really sure that God loves me? Hmm. Am, I, am I confident? And, and if you shrink back and say, oh, geez, I don't know, I've, I've got something to hide or I don't feel worthy then that might be an indicator that shame is something that yeah. is quite relevant for you. That's super helpful. And I think it's interesting because, because, yeah, because shame tends to do that. Shame tends to make you want to run and hide. Mm. And, and, and if you're feeling awkward in God's presence, then, yeah, yeah, then you, you're dealing with some, some form of shame, I think. And, um, and it's, it's, shame is more intense than um, guilt. Guilt you can kind of hide away from and push away sometimes and... and um, shame tends to stay with you mm. and I think that's why people tend to want to hide or shrink back. Yeah, so you can harden your conscience against guilt. Mm. I mean, that's not good either. Mm. But, but shame is something a, a lot more sort of fundamental. It almost covers us like a dirty garment and we, exactly. we can't get out. You can't get out from it. And it, and it kind of doesn't wear, wear off yeah. over time necessarily. Uh. Um, even even feeling, feeling embarrassed, embarrassment mm. um, will fade. It fades. It wears but, off. You feel uh, like a monkey for a moment, but it, uh, it, it wears off. Shame, shame stays with you. Shame lingers, yeah. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, the very first experience that Adam and Eve have of each other in the garden after sin is shame. Sure. They're naked and now they feel uh, shame uh, from one another. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk a little bit about, um, is it right to feel shame? Um, is, there a, is there a good type of shame or a shame that comes for a, a good proper reason and one that comes for a reason which is unnecessary? Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Clee. Uh, so I think shame is a very common human experience. I think it's, it's to some extent everyone feels shame to some point. And, and you're right to take us right back to Genesis. Uh, there's that incredible verse that says, uh, the man and the woman were naked and felt no shame mm. until sin comes in. Mm. And immediately they want to cover themselves. They want to hide. Mm. Uh, they want to be away from God's presence. This is the God who they, who they walked in his presence and talked with him daily. Now they're hiding from him. Uh, and shame has done that. Sin has brought shame. In. And so it's a very human experience. I think it's all of our experience. And so in a sense to say, yes, I think shame, you should feel shame because, because we are sinful people. Every single one of us has, has, has been tempted, has fallen. Every single one of us has something to be ashamed about. I would say there's then to keep, lingering and dwelling in your shame mm. um, is is not necessary because I think because I think Jesus has made a way for our shame to be dealt with and uh, I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit here but 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 the reality is there is I think a good shame mm. a right mm. appropriate shame but I also think there's a very dysfunctional unhealthy and unhelpful mm. shame you mentioned earlier that um, shame uh, is the consequence of sin mm. but we can also feel shame even if we have not committed sin, but someone has sinned against us and has made us feel dirty or unclean, outcast for some reason, which, which, which is a sin done against us. And I'm thinking particularly now around abuse and particularly sexual abuse. Um, and people um, obviously need a way to find liberation from that shame because it is not of their doing. So there's that, that, that side to it as well. Super helpful. I think, I think that's right. And I think... And I think we can feel shame for things we've done, but also for shame for things that have been done to us. Mm. Whether they were our fault or not, mm. there's still shame associated with those things. We can even feel shame for being associated with something. Mm. Uh, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a white South African, I, I can feel appropriate shame for apartheid, although I never mm. voted for anyone in those days. I was too young. Mm. Um, but I can, by association, mm. there's a healthy and an appropriate mm. shame. Uh, but certainly we can feel shame for things done against us. And I think the solution is the same for both. Mm. Okay, well, let's start to talk mm. about that. How, how do we deal with shame when we encounter it in our lives? Mm. Where does the Bible take us to? What are the first steps? Scotty, I think, I think the place to go with shame is to, is to take it to the cross. Mm. It's, it, it's to take it to Jesus. And, and for a few reasons, I think, I think at the cross we see Jesus, the perfectly glorious one from heaven, come on earth, take on the, the human nature. I mean, that's pretty shameful for, a, for deity to take on human flesh, mm -hmm. grow up in a poor family and um, be treated the way he was treated. He suffered the most shameful death, mm -hmm. um, free of guilt, yet accused, um, naked, uh, alone, mm -hmm. isolated, outside of the city gates, um, unclean, unclean, unclean in every way, um, bleeding, naked, all those things, unclean. <clears throat> so Jesus really bore our shame. He took our shame upon him. He became shame, you could mm. probably say. Mm. Um, and because he did, he, he knows our experience of shame. Mm. He has experienced it himself. He, he offers hope and, and, and help to those who are, who are struggling with shame because he offers forgiveness, mm. because he offers freedom. Mm. And so part of the good news of the cross is that Jesus as our substitute is able to restore those 
um, back to God who have felt shame. So, so we were naked, <coughs> we're able to be clothed in righteousness. We're outcast, we're drawn into the presence of God. We're unclean, Jesus makes us clean. And that all happens at the cross, right? It all happens at the cross. And, 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 and our faith in what Jesus did on the cross, our trust in, in him, means that those can, be, that can become our experience. And you can see we, we become clothed in righteousness. And one day we'll be clothed in heavenly garments. We, we become welcomed in, not just from outside to inside, actually family. We become God's children. And uh, we're not only only kind of gone from dirty to clean. We've been we've been cleansed and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Mm. Um, that that those metaphors follow through again and again and again. It's so funny you mentioned washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's such a um, it's a biblical uh, <coughs> metaphor, um, but it also becomes a bit of Christian jargon. And I guess to the outsider, it might sound disgusting to be washed in the blood of the <laughs> Lamb. What what are we talking about? But actually, in the context of this conversation, it makes a whole load of sense, right? Because if you are feeling unclean and, and, and having been corrupted, um, to be washed by the blood of Jesus in that uh, metaphor, that picture language, is to say that his shame is able to undo our shame. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he, and he thereby cleanses us and washes us. Yeah. And, and by taking, yeah, it's, it's, that, it's, that, it's that swap, isn't it? It's that, you know, he, he becomes shame yeah. to deal with our shame and we become cleansed and righteous and holy. His, his life is... Mm. A, Credited to us, and and so, in the moment by moment struggle with shame, that's really helpful because you can remind yourself of the truth of the gospel and of the cross, and know that in that moment, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, Jesus has paid for that, mm. and there is forgiveness and healing to be found. So, regardless of our experiences, what we've done, what's been done to us, regardless of how we feel in a moment, there's a Jesus reality that imposes itself over all of that and says that. Things can be different. Yeah. There is hope. There is future. Exactly. So, 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 so now that we've got the gospel framework in place, let's let's go back to the Bible. Talk to us about um, um, any verses, stories, passages in the Bible that that speak to this. I'm sure there are many, cool. yeah. but maybe just point some out to us and then take us through one of them. Let me let me let me let me point out a few. There's just there's a few that I just love, and I think um, if if folk are watching this and they they want to follow some of these up, um, I, I start with the prodigal son. This wayward boy who mm. took a third of his father's inheritance wishing he was dead goes and wastes it on mm. wild, wild living and utterly ashamed. I mean, he's, this is a Jewish boy eating pig food in Palestine. You, you can't get much more shame in that culture, mm. in a real shame culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet when he returns to the father, mm. preparing his speech on the way, the, the father runs to meet him. In fact, they say it's shameful for a, a middle-aged man in that generation to run. He doesn't. He, he takes the shame. He runs to his boy and embraces him and welcomes him in. So I, I often think about that in terms of shame. I think there's, there's, there's the bleeding woman who, who touches Jesus. You know, that's how our shame is dealt with. We, 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 we come to him. She, she came in faith to him and she touched him. He didn't become unclean because she was unclean. She became clean because he was clean. And so she touched him and, 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 and was cleansed and was forgiven. Um, I think of um, the Samaritan woman, John 4, at the well, uh, a lady who had all these different husbands, and, and yet Jesus says, come to me and I will give you living water. Uh, invites her to come close, to come near to him. Uh, I think of Peter, when Jesus reinstates him on the shore, uh, says, feed my sheep, feed my sheep three times. And Peter must have been standing there by the, by the charcoal fire going, the last time I smelled a charcoal fire was when I denied him three times. And he has Jesus in a beautiful way saying, no, no. Come back, come to me. Um, so, uh, Paul on the road, <laughs> there's so many. Mm. But um, I think those are the ones that 
jump up for me. And it's interesting that in a lot of those stories, the bleeding woman, the Samaritan woman, even Peter himself, is that shame is only cleansed and they are only uh, received by God again because of their encounter with Jesus. Exactly right. Um, Jesus is almost like the 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 sponge that is able to absorb their shame. Mm. In fact, I think Ed Welch says something that's about it's about being associated with Jesus, mm. touched in His mm. presence, coming to Him, and and because of the cross, because of, of His death in our place, He He makes it possible for that way to be open. Mm. Uh, as the curtain tears, He mm. He invites us in, and so our shame is dealt with like a sponge. He absorbs it as we as we come to Him. Yeah. Um, now, just uh, as we start to uh, wrap things up, let's talk a little bit about where would I go for help if I was feeling really burdened by shame as a Christian? And then in turn, how can I maybe be a help to others if I see this dynamic at work in someone else's life? Stunning. Um, Scotty, I think for me, it, it, it is what we've been saying. It is, it is coming to Jesus. It is, it, is, it is praying. It is closing your eyes. It is falling on your knees and saying, Lord, I'm, I feel ashamed and, and I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry and I'm pleased with you touch me and heal me and, and, and it's, it's that it's coming to him and I think the best way to do that is, is in prayer. Mm. I think those stories in the Bible, reading them and, and seeing how people that really would have felt shame and felt ashamed came and were restored and, and, and healed. Um, I think a practical thing is to, is to find a friend you trust and, and, and maybe share something of your shame, of your suffering, of your experience, whether that's struggle with pornography or whether it's um, something that happened in your past mm. just somebody who you trust that you can perhaps share something of the experience with and then ask them to to pray with you and pray for you um, because and it's a constant daily thing one of the dangers of the shame is be, because of the very nature of what we're talking about it makes you withdraw and you feel like you need to hide mm. you, you want to keep secrets mm. so the very act of bringing that to a trusted mature christian friend mm even though that's going to feel a really big step for some people who are listening, mm. is, is going to be pretty important, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, 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 it's finding someone you trust that you can talk to about it. Mm. There's, a, there's an immediate relief in the mm. opportunity to speak about it. Mm. I mean, I know from my own life there's deep shame that I would mm. not want to speak to anyone about, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I love that illustration um, of imagine your, your whole life was on, a, was on the walls of a room. Um, I think it's Vaughan Roberts. Mm. Um, no, Rico Tice, mm. and, and and your whole life was in front. You, that would be you wouldn't want your mother to be in that room. Yeah. That's that's shame. And yeah. yet to find somebody to sit with, to talk with, to say, listen, why don't you pray for me? Mm. These are my struggles. Um, a good friend who can who can who can help you share that mm. burden and that shame. Now we might want to come back to what we can do if we're faced with this. But let me just pivot for mm. a quick moment. Mm. Just say someone comes to us, mm. and they disclose an area of shame in their life. Mm. Give us some do's and don'ts about how we can respond to that person in a way which is going to be really Christian and helpful. Cool. Um, one of the things I'd say right off the bat is um, we, we need to be careful not to judge because we very quickly can say, oh, yes, that is something really bad. But we know our own hearts. And to be honest, I don't think there's, there's, there's anyone who's got no shame and so there's no reason for finger pointing. Mm. Uh, one of the helpful things I heard someone say recently was we are more like people than we are, than we are unlike them. Mm. So you're even talking to someone who's been involved in some really horrible sin. Um, we're not a million miles away from that. And so I think what you do is you, is you, is you engage on a, the human level and you say, I, I, I hear something of your struggle. I, I want to hear it and I want to walk with you. Mm. 
Um, I think you want to you want to be able to know each other well enough to pray effectively for each other, and so you could potentially share something with someone. And I tend to do that in my counseling where I say, um, maybe I haven't had your exact experience, but I, but I think I know where you're coming from because I I have it in my own heart too, um, and I tend to find that also then sharing with a, with that friend um, opens up a mutual relationship of trust and of and of sharing um, and obviously keeping keeping things confidential is very important um, and, and encouraging that person to to seek other help if that's appropriate yeah. or just to regularly to meet with you and to and to pray together especially if if, if the shame comes from having been sinned against in some traumatic way mm-hmm. then presumably it would be wise to seek more professional help to help them through the trauma of, yeah. of those events. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess also to ask questions um, of them as to what we were speaking about earlier about the cross and the gospel. Mm-hmm. And to say, you know, what do you, what do you think God thinks about this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, have, you, have you spoken to him about it? Yes. You know, what is it about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus that might speak into this for you? Right. And, and to direct them. To direct them there. And, 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 and and then it's it's the Christian life. It's daily being reminded of those gospel truths of, you know, John Chapman's thing. They're waking up every morning, sitting on the edge of his bed, going, "Yep, Jesus is alive. Yes, Jesus is reigning. Yes, you." And, and it's being reminded of those. And and in this case, it's it's Jesus bore my shame. He took mm-hmm. my shame upon himself. And so, my shame can be placed on him. And and I can have a, you know, this side of heaven we'll always sin. This side of heaven we'll always experience shame to some extent. But I guess one of the other things is just to know that. There will be no shame in heaven. Mm. There'll be no tears. There'll be no crying. There'll be no loneliness. There'll be no. There'll, there'll be no shame. Mm. Um, and so, for some of us, that's real hope of 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 an et- a future hope. Mm. Um, and it gives us confidence to keep going and living our lives here, mm. trying yeah. to help others where we can. So we leave. We, we, we leave the garden naked and ashamed, <laughs> but we enter the new creation clothed by Christ, uh, and with great joy. Great joy and, and 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 of infinite value that God would call us children, that he would love us, that he would give his own son for us. He must think we're valuable and love us. Um, and so we enter, we enter eternity um, clothed in royal robes and splendor, feasting at the table with, with, with Jesus and with God. It's, it's a magnificent picture and it's, it helps us now to, to take our shame to him. He, he knows us. He knows every part of us. He knows every inclination of every thought of every... So there's nothing... You, you might surprise your friend when you share your experience of shame, but you won't surprise God. And um, we can come confidently mm. to him because he says, come to me if you're weary and heavy laden and burdened down by your shame, and I will give you rest. Yeah. What, a, what a great uh, verse to finish on. Um, and uh, can I encourage you that if this is something that has been a real burden for you, either in the past or now, that you take some time to go through some of these passages that uh, Sean's been speaking about and really find your worth and value as a precious son or daughter of God in his son, Jesus Christ. Well, friends, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again soon here at The Word at Work.